This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I still have one more test to go um, in order to be a certified teacher, and that is the, uh, I believe it's called the Pedagogy and Professional Responsibilities exam. That is called the PPR for short, and every teacher has to take it. And so I, I did the, the science composite last year, and this year I have to do this, and then I should be kind of done with that. So that's what I was doing for the remainder of the week. And then towards the end of the week, that Friday, I made my way to Matagorda. Um, if you're not familiar with that, that's uh, from San Antonio. It's about three and a half, almost four hours, somewhere around there. Um, and it's going like towards Houston area. But it's on the coast. And the reason we went there is that Laura and her family have a beach house out there. And so I went to meet them out there because uh, Laura and the boys gave me some time to kind of concentrate on that studying stuff. And they were spending time at the beach and they were spending it with uh, Laura's mother and father and then also Laura's grandmother. And so they had a great week. And then I went to, to visit them. Basically, I was there on Friday, um, spent the night and then we came back on Saturday. But I did have some time to spend some good time with some good people, of course, and also uh, I was able to partake of some good seafood, and I do kind of miss that. There's some things that I miss about Corpus, and seafood is one of them. Um, now, with that said, I wasn't really able to go to the beach, but I was able to spend that good time with those good people. Now, Laura's grandmother is in her mid to late 90s. And she's a very strong woman, and she has been a very strong woman, especially strong in her faith. Now, our boys affectionately know her as Grammy. And that's what Laura calls her, and that's what the boys call her. And so uh, she lives at the Pibus Ranch. So their last name is Pibus. So she lives at the Pibus Ranch in Gainesville, where it's really Sybil's Bend. It's a ranching community out there. And she makes, of course, the most amazing homemade bread, a.k.a. Grammy's bread. So as she advances in her age, she does tend to forget things um, here and there, and she can be a little bit prickly um, at times. Now, she hasn't always been that way. It's just as she kind of gets uh, on in her age, um, she is dealing with uh, you know some pain management stuff, fibromyalgia, all that sort of stuff. So so I, I get it. Um, but now, what you may or may not know is that my son Knox is on the spectrum of autism. So I say that only to know that these two realities are going to clash. So Grammy is trying to talk to Knox. And she's trying to get some information from him. And he's really not responding. He's really not paying attention to her. And she does not really put up with a lot. So she is uh, really, she's not very nice about it. And so she is saying to, to Knox that, well, well, you're a bad boy. And, well, you're just a, a terrible little boy, aren't you? 
and and that that hurts me to hear that and again i i love graham and, and she's an amazing person but i did not love what she was saying to my son to her great grandchild and I was interested to see what Knox was going to do before I said anything. And pretty immediately, Knox said, Grammy, you're not saying very nice words to me. You need to stop talking. I was like, whoa, okay. So then I kind of stepped in just, you know, because I'm the peacemaker and whatnot. But but what he was saying was true. And, and so what I said to Graham was, uh, listen, he's not a bad boy. He's not a terrible boy. And he does and is dealing with autism, so please understand. And, of course, that doesn't really make sense to her. Um, autism is not something that, that it's more of a kind of new thing that it's probably has always been around, but it's a new designation for, for people that are dealing with certain things. And so she didn't really understand that. And I've said this multiple times. Her... Uh, our whole family has said this about Knox multiple times, but either she forgets or she doesn't understand it or whatever the case is. So I remove Knox from the situation. And again, hearing those words talked, talking about my son, it just broke my heart. You know, it broke my heart. And so I took him aside. This was outside. I was talking to him and and he was like, Dad, I'm not a bad boy. I, I, I'm a good boy. And, and I said, yes, son. Yes, you are. And, you know, Grammy just doesn't understand you and how to talk with you. And so that was really tough, but it was something I needed him to hear because it broke my heart that he had to hear that. And I know that, that there are probably others that, that might say things like that. I don't know what happens at school. I know they do a really good job with him at his school, but I know he can be difficult. I understand that. But it, is, it just hurts my heart every time I hear something derogatory aimed at any of my family. And so all of that is to say that it's just one of those things that happens in life and we think about the world that we live in and we think about how people are so quick to judge and so quick to hurl insults and lies and we just have to grin and just bear it now i'm not faulting graham for that i know she was reacting the way that she was reacting and that's that's her but I know that that's, that's not just her, that, that there are people in this world that don't have, uh, that aren't advanced in age and don't, aren't dealing with uh, pain management and all that sort of stuff and aren't dealing with some forgetfulness and all that, but they're just not nice people. And so sometimes if we hear things often enough and if we might even start to believe it ourselves, and let's face it, if there were 99 people that were, um, that were talking to you about your performance or what you did or anything like that, and every single one of them was, was exceptional and they were um, lauding you, they were giving you praises, everything was great, and then you hear one negative response, that's the one that you hold on to for whatever reason. That's the one that kind of eats you up. And that's the one that you tend 
to believe? Why is it that, that we are more willing to hear the negative things about us than the positive things? It's as though we were expecting to hear that. It's though that, that we were waiting for somebody to say what we already knew and confirm what we already knew about ourselves. And the thing is, we are kind of predispositioned to believe this insult or this um, negativity and this lie about ourselves. But my friends, you are so much more than the lies that are told about you and to you. God wants to remind you every single day in every single way in your life that he is with you and that he loves you. So how can we find God's voice speaking truth into our lives in the midst of all of the negativity surrounding us everywhere we turn? In Paul's letter to the Philippians, we find some clarity on this exact issue. So today's message is entitled Anticipation. And as I said before, we are in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And so just a little bit of background about this. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are several letters of Paul attributed to him. But there's only seven that are undisputed as to the authorship, like that Paul really did write it. The others are a little bit more in dispute, and basically there are others that maybe um, wrote in his language or in his um, style and attributed it to him because uh, that's, it had more clout and it had a good message and it was something that would go further faster. But this, Philippians, this book, this letter, is one of those seven that we know, like not many people dispute that Paul wrote this particular letter. And with that, Paul wrote this letter from prison, which is not so uncommon. We know that Paul went to prison and he wrote some letters. And he was probably writing this in Rome, maybe Ephesus, but probably Rome in a prison there about 62 AD. And he had several purposes for writing this particular letter to these particular people in Philippi. One of those is to tell them that um, Aphrodite had recovered from a serious illness. That was one of the reasons he wrote. The other was to encourage them in their faith. Another was to assure them that he was still in good spirits. Even being in jail, he was still in good spirits. And then lastly, to thank them for their continued support. So this is a reason why that Paul writes to the church in Philippi. They had been in existence at this point probably about for 10 years or so. And so he begins with this in verse 3. I thank God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, I'll stop there for just a second. And the, you can feel this 
this appreciation that Paul has for these people of faith. And the way that he addresses them, it's as though he is reading my minds as to how I feel about you. Like, we are a church family, and, and the way that I think of you, I think of you in such high esteem. Y'all have been so grateful to me. I mean, y'all have been so um, gracious to me, rather. And, and I really appreciate it, and my family appreciates it, and I appreciate you. And I think about y'all often and always, and I pray for you. And when I pray, I, it is a prayer of thanksgiving, definitely. Now, with this particular section, again, it's Paul saying, basically, I give thanks to, or I give thanks that, uh, my God, all of that is a typical expression of something that Paul would say in, in, in um, his opening letter, his opening part of the letter to his churches. And it's parallel with some, to some extent with maybe what was going on generally like general letters at that time and so it is that's one of the reasons why it's like okay yes paul definitely did write this it's in his style and it's something that was in that particular um, era that time so it's consistent now again the thanksgiving part is the centerpiece of that particular part and it's particularly noteworthy in a couple of ways so the Philippians had been partners with Paul in his ministry for a significant period of time, like I said, for at least 10 years that it had been established, but probably before that as well. And so here Paul is remembering their help and giving thanks to God for them. Like he couldn't do what he has been doing without their help. He knows that and he wants them to know that. And they had shared with Paul um, to meet his physical needs and while he was being imprisoned. So they, they sent him money. They sent him um, food. They, they were able to take care of him while he was in prison because they know that he was in prison for a good cause. It was, he was suffering for the sake of the gospel. And even while being persecuted and being imprisoned, they also were boldly proclaiming the gospel, and really having a, a strong faith. So he was saying, you're doing an amazing job. Like, I could be more proud of you. And so he continues on with these last two verses. And this is one of the, the great things, and this is the one I want to kind of center on here, but I, I want you to hear these words as though Jesus is saying these words to you as though Paul has been writing this letter to this church and writing to you. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. And lastly, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because you had me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Very high praise for these people of God. And like he's saying, God is doing something here. 
God is has been doing something with you, and I am so proud of you, basically, is what he's saying. And I am privileged to be associated with you. Thank you for your help. And so Paul's encouragement of God finishing a good work revealed this larger work of grace that God is doing in the lives of these people, these people that he loves. This expression, completing the one what the one has begun is a major theme throughout this entire letter. On the one hand, God is responsible for completing in believers what he began, for it is his goal to confirm every believer to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And on the other hand, it is the believer's responsibility to cooperate with God so that this work can be made complete. So these are some great words that Paul is speaking to his church family in Philippi. Now, where does that leave us? So that's great that he's talking some good things to these good people, but why is he doing that? Well, he's doing that because they are hearing negative things constantly. They're being physically persecuted they are being challenged at every step of the way. So he does not want them by any means to forget the truth, the truth about who they are. And he wants them to remember how good they are and how good that God is and that God resides in them and makes everything possible. So what is it like to hear negativity? Negativity in our lives. But you know, already know that. You already hear that every single day in some way. Things don't go our way. If something messes up and it's your fault, you hear about it. Very rarely do we hear positive things. And, it's, and it just surrounds us all the time. And you know that this narrative all too well because you hear it constantly. It's like a broken record playing in your mind over and over. And you hear it enough, and then you start to believe it. You start to even expect it, that you will mess up, that you are less than, that you are what they say that you are. You start to believe that it is who you are, it is part of your identity, and it's who you will always be, who you were meant to be. This is a great fallacy. This is a lie. These words from Paul are meant to wash over you and cleanse you and, and to get rid of all that negativity and to bring you back to who you are and who you are meant to be. Hear these words again. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Not only has God begun a good work in you and is going to be faithful to complete it, not only, but you are God's good work. I'm going to repeat that again. You are God's good work. And if you hear nothing else throughout this entire message, hear those words. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
You are beautifully made. You are not only what God has created, but you're God's handiwork, his masterpiece. God loves you more than you will ever know. And these are the truths about who you really are, your real and true identity. And these are God's promises on which you can stand. This is the real truth about you. And the truth shall set you free. You can participate in this different, more powerful and more potent, more life-giving narrative that God is trying to speak into your life every day. And God continuously finds people and things that are trying to speak this truth into your life and trying to bypass all that negativity that is surrounding you and trying to make it into your ears, into your heart, and that you acknowledge that God is for you, that God loves you, and that you are God's handiwork. You are God's good work. God is continuously looking at different ways to speak this truth into your life. But again, there is a lot to compete. There's a lot to compete with. Because negativity surrounds us each and every day. And we hear it over and over and over again. But the point is that that is one particular narrative. That is one truth. But there is the truth, the way, the life. And that truth is, is trying to set you free. And that truth is trying to say, I understand what other people are saying about you. I understand how you might be feeling low, that you are made to feel small, that you are made to feel less than. But that is not how I made you, and that's not what I made you for. God is continually trying to combat what is going on in the world, and it's for a reason. We want to hear that we want to hear those things. We might not want to believe those things, even though it's good for us to believe those things, because that brings us into the life that God has created for us. And it's so easy to listen to so, so many other naysayers, so many other negativity that is coming into your life, and that makes more sense to us. But then there's the truth. Now, why would God speak this particular truth into your life? Why would God try to put positivity into your life? Why would God try to remind you day after day in every single way that God loves you? That God wants the best for you? And I'm going to go back to, to my story whenever, as a father, I heard negativity toward my son. And it broke my heart. I have to believe that God knows exactly what's going on. And when God hears negativity, negativity coming to his child, to you, and that you might even start to believe those lies, it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. And he wants so much more for you. He wants you to know that you are good. He wants you to know that you are loved, and that you are more 
than what other people might say about you. And he does this so that you can do the same thing for others. Because you know how horrible it feels to hear those insults, to hear those things that are trying to belittle you and degrade you and to make you feel less. You know how that feels. And you also know how it feels to hear that one positive thing that's going to make your day. Like, oh man, I just needed to hear that one thing. And man, I, I can now not feel like I have to hunch over, like I'm being burdened by everything, like I'm less than I need to shrink away from. No, I can be bold. I can lift my head up. I can live a life and choose joy because God is within me. God created this day. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I choose joy. I choose to believe that God is in my life and God is speaking goodness and mercy and forgiveness. And that I'm more than what anybody else can say because God's words are true. And you can spread that same gospel message that, that God is real that God is love and that God can turn everybody's life around and we don't have to feel like this is just the way that things are, that this is just what I'm doomed for. This is what I'm always going to be. I was never ever going to amount to more than this. No. No. You were made for more than this. And you have to know that in your heart and you have to know that so well that you can teach it to others, that you can Proclaim God's goodness to others and pick them up whenever they are down. Be that light that you're trying to share with others. Be that, that encouragement that lifts them up, that lifts their head up. And, and you can say, hey, you are good. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. You are good. And you are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. That is good news. And that is a good news that is meant to be shared. So the next time that you hear something negative, some type of insult or something trying to degrade you, trying to make you feel lower than you know that you should be, hold on to the Word of God. And the book, the Bible, is God's love letter to you saying this is how much i love you i wrote a whole book just saying everything about how good you are and how i meant you to be so much better this is how much i love you and what we'll see later on in a couple of weeks we see jesus on the cross saying this is how much i love You are good. You are God's. And you are God's handiwork. You are God's good work that he will see to its completion. Now let us do the same. Let us speak goodness into this world, into everybody's life, because God is speaking it into ours. Let us just be a messenger of God's good love and God's good word. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.